Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. This episode of Red or Dead is sponsored by Book Riot's newsletters. Did you know Book Riot has over 25 newsletters covering every genre, including mystery, crime, suspense, as well as book news and deals? Sign up for book deals to get notified about the best book sales of the day, handpicked by our editorial staff. There's Today in Books, our daily newsletter, summing up the most interesting headlines from the book world every day. And don't forget Unusual Suspects and the Mystery Thriller Promotions newsletter, which cover everything new and interesting in the world of crime and suspense. We've also got newsletters for horror fans, romance readers, YA lovers, and more. Just go to bookriot.com newsletters to sign up for the newsletters that are most interesting to you. That's bookriot.com newsletters. Welcome to Red or Dead, a bi-weekly podcast where we talk about the world of mysteries and thrillers. This is episode 93, and we're recording on Tuesday, January 12th. I'm Katie McLean-Horner, along with Nezra Javid, and we're coming to you from Book Riot. Hey, Nezra, how are you? Hey, Katie, I'm good. How are you? Well, we're 12 days into the new year. I'm <laughs> doing about as well as anyone can expect 12 days into this bizarre new year we found ourselves in. <laughs> Sounds about right. Yeah, it's uh, been quite a beginning. <laughs> <laughs> well, before the new year, did you have a good break? New year, uh, new year celebration, holiday, whatever the case may be before all this nonsense started happening. Oh, yeah, it was a nice restful break. We mostly stayed in, as many people did. <laughs> uh, we just slept a lot, watched a lot of TV, just stayed in. It was a nice, cozy way to end off the year. What about you? Honestly, exactly the same. Pretty low key, which honestly, I'm like, okay, I kind of needed a low key finish to 2020. But yeah, it was lots of sleeping. It was lots of TV. And because of the way the holiday schedule and my work schedule ended up being, I ended up getting two four day weekends in a row, which honestly was more exciting to me than the actual holidays. I was like, oh my gosh, I get two four day weekends in a row and I don't have to use any time off at work. So yeah, that was exciting. Lots of sleeping. And I it, it's kind of been difficult going back to a five day work week. But yeah, it's oh gosh, I can imagine <laughs> 2021. Good Lord, I had I didn't have high hopes. <laughs> but oh. we didn't ask for much, not much. It's oh, the bar was so low. And yet, <laughs> and yet, but I will say that researching books to talk about for this episode is actually one of the few things that actually has made me excited and happy over the last week and a half. So I am very, very grateful <laughs> for that. That was that was very that was very nice. <laughs> Absolutely. I think I find myself being more grateful for books every day. <laughs> and I, I added so many to my pre-order list when I was researching for the episode as well. 
And it's going to be exciting watching those packages trickle in slowly. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and I order adult fiction for my library. So I'm looking at I'm looking at these books that are coming out this year. And I'm going, oh, I'm going to put a hold on this one, put a hold on this one. And because I do the ordering, I get to <laughs> I get to put my name in first for some of these books. So oh, my goodness, I am I'm a little bit jealous. I won't lie. <laughs> The perks of working of working in as a librarian, you you get first dibs on a, on a lot of holds. <laughs> All right. Well, before we jump into the to these fantastic books that are coming out this year, do you uh, want to give us our our first sponsor for the episode? Absolutely. This episode of Red or Dead is sponsored in part by A Mistake Incomplete by Lorenzo Petruziello. A Mistake Uncomplete is a noir crime-inspired novel set in modern-day Milan, Italy. Taking the suspense and thrill of noir and placing it in the bustling cosmopolitan city of Milan. An incompetent thief makes another attempt at burglary. A hopeless bartender struggles to manage her latest patron. The pair reluctantly work together to figure out why a man they presume dead may have returned, while a lonely tourist inadvertently gets in the way. Mistake Incomplete is available on paperback and ebook at your favorite bookseller. Visit amistakeincomplete.com for more details and links to bookshops. All right. Well, if you are a new listener to the show, welcome. If you are a longtime listener, welcome back. We are so happy to have all of you here in the new year going through all of this nonsense along with us. And hopefully talking about these books will bring just a little bit of relief and distraction to your day. So as we mentioned earlier, we talk about mysteries and suspense and thrillers and true crime and just about anything that falls under that umbrella. And we just about anything if it's adaptations or new subgenres or author read-alikes or whatever the case may be. If it's mysterious and suspenseful, we are down to talk about it. If you've listened to the show before, you know that this is usually where we will put out a call to our listeners to let us know if you have any ideas for future episodes that you'd like us to talk about. In years past, we have used so many of these ideas to create episodes, to find new things and new topics to talk about, because of course we want our shows to stay interesting to the people who are listening to them. And we've discovered some really awesome new writers and books that we otherwise might not have come across. So we thank everyone who has sent in ideas for future episodes to us. Um, we always put out this call at the beginning of the show to kind of get get those juices flowing. And we'll have our contact information at the end of the episode. So if you come up with a brilliant idea, you can send it along to us. And even if you don't have an idea, just want to say hi and tell us what you think of the show. We love that as well. It just, it always makes me so happy happy to hear from people who really enjoy listening to us. So if you want to say hi or give us an idea, contact information is at the end of the show. With that, if you haven't already guessed, we are going to be talking about our most anticipated books that are coming out in 2021. And oh my gosh, the list of books that I would that I started with, and I'm like, okay, Katie, you can't talk about 20 books in a single episode. <laughs> I oh my gosh, it took so much to cut these down. And even still, like most of the books that I wanted to talk about are still only coming out in like the first three months of the year. 
this this year just looks like it's going to be bonkers for amazing books and i am so excited yeah um i think i barely got to july when i was like okay uh so most of my books are like and there was like i could have made a whole other list more for the the second half of the year so i completely get you there <laughs> i didn't even touch the second half of this year when i was looking i'm like first 6 months it like Oh my gosh, just untold riches. And why don't you why don't you go ahead and uh kick us off? What was what was your first pick that you're super excited about? Okay, so my first pick is The House on Vesper Sands um by Parekh O'Donnell, which actually comes out today. And this is a Victorian historical mystery that is set in London 1893, and it starts off with a seamstress who is looking out the window and it's a dark, snowy night, and it, there's this atmosphere of the perfect Gothic mystery just waiting to happen. Suddenly, there are all these questions. Uh, why did the seamstress jump from the window? And what are all the cryptic messages that are etched onto her skin? And how does she sort of tie in with the rest of the disappearances or similar deaths that have been occurring in that area? And, and in comes uh, our detective, Inspector Cutter, who is sharp committed and um is also a bit hilarious and this just a mystery with a historical setting is so in my wheelhouse this is giving major uh poison thread vibes uh poison thread by laura purcell and affinity by sarah waters i just love a dark atmospheric setting with just a hint of murder and uh i am ready uh, i actually had this pre-ordered and my copy just came in and I am excited to dive into this one. You know what? I had noticed, and I'm glad you mentioned Gothic, there are so many books coming out this year that are being described as like really atmospheric Gothic mysteries. Like, I think this is going to be one of like the big, like new, one of the big subgenres that we're going to see this year and into next year. It just, it just seems to be playing out in so many of the book descriptions I've been reading which is totally fine with me. I love me a good gothic atmospheric mystery. Okay, so my first pick is called Girl A by Abigail Dean, which comes out on February 2nd. And this book is described as a, re a good read-alike for sharp objects, which for me is just an immediate sell. Sharp objects, um, if you haven't read it, that was Gillian Flynn's debut novel, and it's about as perfect a psychological suspense novel as you can possibly get. In fact, I was just talking with my husband about this book earlier over the weekend because we've both read Gillian Flynn and we both just loved Sharp Objects so much. So when I saw this, I was like, oh, I love a good Gillian Flynn-esque psychological suspense novel. It focuses on a young girl who escapes this really horrible living situation, but doesn't totally escape all of all of the other stuff happening around that. So trigger warning for this book, there are very heavy themes of family and parental abuse. But the main character's name is Lex, and she grew up in what eventually became known as her parents' house of horrors. And eventually she she escaped and she was able to free her her five other siblings. So there was a, a lot of this media attention on her. And then she was like, okay, hopefully I can, you know, move past this. But when her 
mother dies in prison and leaves Lex and her siblings the family home, she realizes that she cannot run from her past any longer. And together with her sister Evie, they go to their family home and they intend to turn this house of horrors into a force for good. But first she has to come to terms with her siblings and with the childhood that they shared. So... Like I said, I love a good read-alike suggestion for sharp objects. I also love a really good family domestic drama. And this is just, this is just ringing all of my bells here. And I first read about this book, an article from Crime Reads, where they talk about their own most anticipated books of the year. This book ended up on the list. And the first sentence of the description that they wrote is, this one is so effed up. So I'm like, well, sign me up. I am totally sold. And I cannot wait to read this and find out if it's as messed up as everyone says. So again, that is Girl A by Abigail Dean. Yeah, I also am a huge fan of Gillian Flynn. And uh, I always have the hardest time finding any treat likes to her. The closest I've come is maybe They Never Learn by Elaine Fargo, which came, I think, mid-2020. Mm-hmm. But no one does like psychological... like. Like she gets into the psyche of the person mm-hmm. and you you find yourself empathizing with them, but also a little bit, why? And yeah. uh, so I, I totally, I, while you were speaking, I was actually adding this to my list. I was yes. like, huh, yes. <laughs> need to add this to the list. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Her writing is just so like, her, she writes like a razor. Like her writing just is so sharp and so incisive. And it's like she her her writing is I just call it nasty. Like <laughs> it it is so on point, but it is so brutal, and it just shows the worst of people. But it also like it she just really exposes human nature, and oh, I just I love her so much. <laughs> yes, uh, I remember when I read Gone Girl, um, mm-hmm. I was looking at my husband suspiciously for like the next because it's just like. <laughs> She like dismantled, you know, the whole institution of marriage in general. And I was just, uh, I'd never seen an author do that so well. Yeah, that's that's the first adult book I remember reading with a plot twist where I I get to that point in the book and I went, wait a minute. And I went back a couple pages, reread, and then I went forward again. I'm like, oh my gosh, she just did that, didn't she? <laughs> just such a memorable writer. Oh, so good. Okay, so for my next pick, um, I have Quiet in Her Bones by Nalini Singh, which comes out on the 23rd of February this year. I loved her previous work, uh, Madness for Sunshine. Um, I think she, uh, so she, her um, shape-shifting romance series are one that I've been on my uh, TBR forever, just because she is such a pro at that genre. And uh, when I delved into A Madness for Sunshine, I was a little hesitant. I didn't know how exactly it was going to turn out. But within the first few pages, I was a fan. And um, that is why I'm very looking forward to what she does next. And Quiet in Her Bones is something that I have to look forward to coming out on February 23rd. So this is about a socialite, Nina Rai, who has disappeared without a trace. And everyone just writes it off. Everyone says she was maybe she was discontented with her married life, her family life. And everyone just uh, disregards it as a intentional disappearance, except for her son, Arav, who heard a chilling scream the night that she disappeared. And now he is going to 
look after it, uh, sort of look into what happened uh, when the night that his mother went missing and why did she go missing in the first place. And I just love a good deep delve into family dynamics and just what makes people stir. And this sounds like just exactly what Nali Singh is sort of uh, trying to capture here to see uh, that what really goes on behind walls that you never really come to know about just from the way people interact to, with the outside world. I just love that sort of deep dive into someone's inside story. So I'm really excited about this one. So my next pick was one that I didn't even know was coming out until I started just seeing what books were coming out. And immediately this just grabbed me and I went, oh my gosh, I have to read this. So it's called Children of Chicago by Cynthia Paleo. And if you've listened to the show before, you know that I am a Chicago... Chicago land resident. I don't live in Chicago. I live I live in the northern suburbs. But I'm I've lived in this area my whole life and I have a very strong connection to the city itself and I just I love books set in Chicago. And so immediately the title grabbed me. And then the when I was looking at the description of the book and they describe it as a retelling a horrifying retelling of the Pied Piper fairy tale set in present day Chicago and I just went sold oh my goodness. So when I was researching this book, I found a review that called Children of Chicago as a mashup of Candyman meets Slenderman meets the Brothers Grimm. And again, I just went, oh my gosh, sign me up. And so this book follows Detective Lauren Medina, who is um, who is a detective with the Chicago Police Department, and she comes to a murder scene in Humboldt Park and she sees the calling card of something that she recognizes from her past and she knows that the Pied Piper has returned. And when another teenager is brutally murdered at the same lagoon where her sister's body was found floating years before, she is certain that the Pied Piper is not just back, he's looking for payment he's owed from her. And so she's torn between protecting the city that she has sworn to keep safe and keeping a promise she made long ago with her sister's murderer. And she may have to ruin her life by exposing her secrets and lies to stop the Pied Piper before he collects. So again, this book has just just everything that I didn't know I wanted in a book. And it it feels like it's just it's got it feels like it's going to have that dark grittiness that is just kind of like layered into the city of Chicago. And if you've seen the original Candyman, you know, like, that's what I'm hoping this book has that that feeling of that in kind of urban legend, kind of just really rich with with city history, but just uh, its own like type of darkness. And people who have read this book already said that it just stands apart from anything else that has tried to work with some of with some of these tropes. And it just sounds like such an unusual type of novel. And I am so, so excited to get my hands on it. And again, that is Children of Chicago by Cynthia Paleo. Uh, it's funny that you mentioned Candyman because uh, my husband and I, we hadn't watched that movie. So la- I think it was last Halloween um, that we decided we're going to stay in. And that's the movie that we chose to watch. Mm-hmm. And ever since then, it's sort of, 
you know, when a movie gets etched in your brain. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, I love how you've described that, like how it's like it had like the book potentially captures the, uh, the grittiness that characterizes Chicago. And that sounds amazing. Uh, yeah. I, yeah. That I might have to look that up as well. <laughs> and it's funny that you mentioned Candyman, because I also watched Candyman around Halloween, and I had seen it before, but it had been so long that I remembered virtually none of it. Um, so I watched it again, and I was just knocked out of my seat by that movie. And like my husband, had, he's seen the movie once before, and he's like, yeah, I'm not watching that again. You have fun. <laughs> so um, yeah, I, I am just so excited for this book. Awesome. My next pick is, this is a mix of a mystery, a cozy mystery with some humor edged into it. And I think the way that 2021 is going so far, I am ready for all the humor, all the cozies (laughs) with a hint of murder. Uh, So that is Dial A for Aunties by Jess K. Sotonto. That comes out April 27, 2021. And Uh, I was watching an interview with Jess on YouTube and the way that she describes this is crazy rich Asians meets weekend at Bernie's. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. That sounds amazing. If that doesn't hook you automatically, uh, the, just a little bit about the story. It's about Madeline Chan who ends up accidentally killing her blind date. And you know, uh, like you do, (laughs) like you do and calls on her mother who calls on her on on their like on her even more meddlesome aunties to help get rid of the body and unfortunately as you might or might not expect a dead body proves to be a lot more challenging to dispose of than one might anticipate especially when it is accidentally shipped in a cake cooler to the over the top billionaire wedding uh, early reviews uh, of people whose taste I trust a lot have already been over the top um, of how, how hilarious this is and just how well developed it is. And if just the plot of it, I am, I cannot, April 27 cannot come here fast enough. And uh, it has, it sounds to me personally like giving me my sister the serial killer vibes. Oh, I love that book. With just a bit of humor thrown in, with just a bit of family drama, and I am, I'm just, I'm ready for this book. So it's Dial A for Aunties by Jess K. Sodondo, coming out April 27, 2021. Yeah, I'm not usually much of a cozy mystery reader, but I have been reading about this book for actually, like, you know, several weeks, like prior to this, and everyone who has read it just says, says it's amazing and. I've found that I really love cozy mysteries that don't follow the usual kind of kind of formula or tropes that you tend to think of when you think of cozy mysteries. Like, you know, we've got a lot of cozy mysteries of, you know, the quiet bakery owner who has a cat and then oh, someone yeah. dies because someone accidentally poisoned the cookies that she made for the town bake sale or whatever. And so when... I find a cozy that just does not play that way. They just, you know, whether it's yeah, just creating these outland these outlandish scenarios <laughs> or whatever the case may be, I love having that freshness come in. And this book is 
sound it sounds like a blast and it sounds like even more of a blast when you're talking about a little bit more about the about the plot and i'm like oh this sounds fantastic (laughs) all right now before i jump to my next pick i do have our second sponsor for the episode and that is bloodline by jess laurie After chasing big city life, pregnant journalist Joan Harkin is cautiously excited to follow her fiancé back to his Minnesota hometown and settle down. And Lily Dale's motto, come home forever, couldn't be more inviting. And yet something is off. The friendliness borders on intrusive. Joan feels like every move she makes is being tracked. An archaic organization still, still seems to hold the town in thrall. And so does the sinister secret of a little boy who vanished decades ago. Her fiancé tells her she's being paranoid, and he might be right, but then again she might have moved to the deadliest small town on Earth. So this is another mystery trope that I absolutely love, and that is the creepy small town mystery. (laughs) There is so much going on in those small towns, just do not trust small towns. If I have learned anything from reading (laughs) books, do not trust small towns. So if that is also up your alley, you will probably want to give this one a try. And again, that is Bloodline by Jess Laurie, and we thank them very much for sponsoring this episode. And then with that, I'm going to jump to my next pick, which is a true crime pick. I have been, just as a quick aside, I have been on a true crime documentary kick recently. I don't know if any... um. If you've seen the Netflix documentary on the Yorkshire Ripper, that documentary was fascinating. It, and then after that, my husband and I were looking for, we're like, okay, what other true crime documentaries does Netflix have that's really good? And so I've, I've been on kind of a nonfiction true crime kick recently. So I was really excited to hear about this one. It's called The Good Girls, An Ordinary Killing by Sonia Falero. And that comes out in Feb- on February 23rd. It's already got really high ratings from people who have read it. And it's, it seems to be one of those investigative true crime books where it it's not just looking at, oh, this is a crime, this is what happened, that kind of a thing. But it's really looking at the larger social context of what's going on. So this the book focuses on the murders of two teenage girls in their village of of Uttar Pradesh in India. And this this took place in 2014. So this was very, very recently. They They were found hanging from a tree at the edge of their village. And they were they were cousins. And when they hadn't returned from a walk to the fields, their families began searching for them. Upon hearing of the discovery and reaching the bodies, the women of the family formed a protective shield around the tree because they knew that if the girls were taken down immediately, they would be forgotten and lost in the judicial system. But if the media arrived and the photo and photos of the crime scene went viral, the people in power could not ignore the deaths and justice would be served. So images, really horrific images of these girls spread across India. They spread across the world. They were kind of fit into this narrative of the ongoing violence that was happening in India at the time that was kind of emerging in these rural villages. If you remember the the news story about the assault of a woman on a bus in Delhi, they kind of fitted in with that narrative. 
But what the author of this book really looks at, it's not as simple as fitting it into into that narrative. And so she looks at how things like the caste system and gender and technology and just general teenageness and how this all kind of works together to create the the societies where where these murders happen and what leads to them and what causes them, what are the consequences, that kind of a thing. I I really love true crime that that takes a step back and really takes a hard look at the at what's going on to make it possible for these things to happen. Um and as as we know in America there are so many we see and hear about so many situations of violence being enacted especially against women especially against people of color and justice is not served they a lot of these a lot of these people end up forgotten or lost in the judicial system in the police system and i think this book is really going to take a hard look at just take take a hard look at that and really put it in, into the context of our modern society. And it just sounds like this is going to be a really hard read, but a really necessary and a really fascinating read. So again, this is called The Good Girls, An Ordinary Killing by Sonia Falero. And this comes out on February 23rd. Uh, since you're looking for um, just like true crime documentaries and movies and uh, this big reminded me there is this bollywood movie on netflix it's called article 15 Mm -hmm. and it captures how the inherent racism towards different castes toward different colors of people is actually institutionalized in the law wow and how this police officer is this is said it's set in a small town in india and he goes there to help these family seek justice who their daughters are being murdered and he goes to help them seek justice everyone all of the institutions that are set in place are actively discouraging him that you know that our law does not require this and it's a very good deep delve into sort of just how it it has been institutionalized and uh, how there are people actively trying to dismantle it as well how to bring about uh, trying to bring about change and transformation to that institutional racism. So I think it would be a great one to watch in conjunction conjunction with this read as well. Wow, that's that sounds so fascinating. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so, well, hey, listen listeners, you you get a you get a bonus uh you get a bonus Netflix suggestion yes. along with the books. There we go. <laughs> Thank you for that. That's that sounds yeah, that's that sounds really really interesting. Yeah, it was. Uh, uh, we watched it, and it was just. It was heartbreaking, but it, it also. Uh, we weren't as well aware of the issue as we should have been. Mm-hmm. So it was. It was definitely eye opening. So yeah, definitely, I would definitely recommend that. Awesome, thank you for that. My next pick is so a little bit of background. So Megan Abbott is one of my most favorite authors. I have read her at different phases in my life. And I just, I read Dare Me when I was expecting my, uh, when I was pregnant with my firstborn. And then I read her You Will Know Me mm. after I had my daughter. So what Abbott, like, uh, I think succeeds at doing is, yeah, she sort of captures the turbulence that is adolescence. Like she captures the feelings that and the 
self-doubt that a girls go through in their friendships in just their formation of their identity but she also puts it in a wider context where she shows what the parents are feeling or how where they're coming from mm-hmm. and and she adds like like sprinkles of nuance to it so i don't know if you've ever read an abbot but like she uh, maintains this steady stream of suspense mm-hmm. so your heart is constantly racing but when you finish it and it's always like like the pacing is excellently maintained when you finish it you just you wonder why your heart was racing the whole time just because she i think she captures everything so well so when i found out she's had her new book the turnout is coming out on july 6th i have i have a date marked out in my planner where <laughs> i am doing nothing i'm probably gonna like if it's a weekday i'm taking the day off and i'm doing nothing else but reading that book <laughs> So what happens in this is, so Dara and Mary Durant have been dancers since they were born. Growing up, they were homeschooled and trained by their glamorous mother, founder of the Durant School of Dance. After their parents' death in a tragic accident nearly a dozen years ago, the sisters began running the school together, along with Charlie, Dara's husband, and uh, once their mother's prize student. Now, when a suspicious accident occurs just at the onset of the school's annual performance, the Nutcracker, a season of competition, anxiety, and exhilaration ensues. It disrupts the delicate balance or the persona or the the conception of balance that an outsider sees to reveal all that is, you know, all the what is broken in the sister's relationship and just the sort of trauma they've had to grow up with. So uh, I uh, I am ready, uh, but also not ready to be <laughs> torn apart. But uh, if that sounds like anything you'd be interested in, it's The Turnout by Megan Abbott, which comes out July 6, 2021. Yeah, I um for me I've 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 read the two Megan Abbott books that you mentioned. I read Dare Me, I read You Will Know Me, and I have um I think I have a couple of her other ones on my shelf that I haven't read yet. But yeah, you I, you just you hit the nail on the head with why her books are so fascinating. She just she has such a handle on the world of adolescent teen girls and not only their individual psychologies but also like the these group dynamics and these friendships and how these relationships with other girls can how they can become so nasty and competitive and you know what that's fueled by and she just has such she has her she really has her finger on the pulse of like what makes teenage girls tick what makes these kind of cloistered groups click because you know she's talking about what she does cheerleaders there's the gym the elite gymnastics team there's the women scientists there's the ballet school here and she she just has such a unique insight and yeah i was really excited when i heard she had a new book coming out and i was also not at all surprised that it took place in a like a dance group or a, a dance troupe and I'm like yep I'm like that 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 setting that that group those types of characters just screams Megan Abbott to me all right so my next pick is one that I heard about last year and a, a, as soon as I heard it I was, again I was like sign me up I want this book right now and it's called The Other Black Girl by Zakia Delilah Harris and it comes out in June of 2021 I wasn't able to get an exact date on it, but it's going to come out towards the summer. And I imagine publication dates with COVID are going to be, are subject to change. So 
But that's that's the approximate date right now. This book, the uh, Goodreads describes it as Get Out Meets the Devil Wears Prada. Oh. And I've I've said before, you compare a book to Get Out and immediately I'm I'm like sign me up. I loved Get Out so much. And this is a debut novel and it takes place in the publishing industry in New York City. It follows Nella Rogers, who is a 26-year-old editorial assistant and the only Black employee at Wagner Books. And she's getting really fed up with the isolation, the microaggressions that come from working with with a bunch of white people. And she's thrilled when Hazel starts working at the publisher as well. Hazel is from Harlem. And they, you know, they start comparing natural hair care regimens, and they really start to bond as the only two black employees at this publisher. But then a string of uncomfortable events elevates Hazel to the quote unquote office darling. And Nella is left in the dust. But then the notes begin to appear on her desk. Leave Wagner now. And it's hard to believe that Hazel is behind these messages. But as Nella starts to spiral and obsess about what's going on, she realizes that there's actually a lot more at stake here than just her career. And what's really cool is that the author is drawing on her own experience working in the in the world of publishing to to create the this this story. So she's got like the inside scoop on, you know, how publishing works, but also, you know, how this very kind of like elite group, like publishing is a very hard industry to break into in the first place. But then if you are black or you are a person of color or otherwise do not conform to the very white, cis, able-bodied, the picture of the type of person that, that works in publishing, it becomes even more of a struggle. And so she takes that and turns it into something sinister. This feels like it's got a lot of, that it hits a lot of the same notes as When No One Is Watching by Alyssa Cole. Um, that same kind of feeling of paranoia, of feeling outnumbered in many different ways where the black protagonist is, you know, they, they're standing out in a sea of whiteness, essentially, and just how all the different ways that that can possibly that that can possibly manifest into potential danger. But it just sounds so fascinating. Like, I, I think I heard about this book, like, what, like, just when a publisher snatched it up, and it got, if I'm remembering correctly, it got a big publishing contract when a publisher eventually picked it up. So this book, I think, is going to be a big deal with a capital B, capital D. And I am here for it. I am putting myself on hold for this book. I am so excited. And again, that is called The Other Black Girl by Zakia Delilah Harris. Oh, you're killing me with these, Katie. <laughs> uh, I was just, the whole time while you were talking about this, My I had my mouth a little bit open. I was like, huh? Why can't they get out here soon enough? I mean, the publishing industry, the comps for Devilverse Prada when no one is watching, get out. Oh my goodness, I'm here for all of it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so those are only just a few of the books that are coming out. Like I said, you know, these a lot of these books are coming out in like in the first quarter of the year. So 
we are just we are just in for a treat. So like quite frankly, I think we're owed it after 2020. <laughs> I think we're owed all of these magnificent, fantastic sounding books. So of course we'll be talking about new releases throughout the year as we do episodes, but if you have any particular favorites that you're super excited about this year, let us know. Our TBRs are not long enough. They're never long enough. We always love adding new books. So please let us know if you have any books that you're super jazzed for. With that, let's let's take a second. What have what have you been reading and finishing over the last few weeks, Nezra? So when I was sort of setting my goals of for 2021 reading plans, I had, uh, well, not high hopes, but mediocre hopes of getting a lot read and just flying through the hardcovers that I had accumulated over the past year. But that has not been going so well. However, I am uh, loving the audiobook format for uh, sort of squeezing in reading time wherever I possibly can and just uh, have, looking at screens and words all day. Uh, I love the feeling of just sitting down with a cup of tea and diving into a good audiobook. And one I'm in the currently in the middle of is Pretty, Pretty Things by Janelle Brown. And this has three of my absolute, absolute favorite audiobook narrators. So it's Julia Whalen, Hilary Huber, and Lauren Fortgang. Aside from the narrators, the story itself is so we usually have stories about why someone uh, or someone commits a crime and the story takes off from there. But we over here have two uh, women who commit crimes, but also look into how they're justifying it in their heads, why they're committing their crimes. And it's so fascinating and the narration is so spot on. Uh, one of my favorites, Hilary Huber, she has a very matter of fact of narrating books. So uh, it's it's delightful to have her uh, narrate just be, how the women are thinking and just sort of explaining to themselves what they've done is right. And another book that I am hoping to start is uh, The Nothing Man by Catherine Ryan Howard. So this is about... Eve Black, who at the age of 12 uh, saw watched her whole family be murdered by a serial killer, but she escaped. And now over the years, she's been working through her trauma and she's been looking into the identity of the killer to find out who he was because he left um, no clues, no DNA behind, uh, which is what gave him the name of the Nothing Man. So she has finally combined her search into a memoir and published it and now that that memoir has reached the hands of the nothing man and he is not happy and he is coming for eve and eve is ready for him so um i'm just excited to dive into this it sounds like it's a very deep character portrait of both the killer as well as the victim and i just i appreciate such books just do a deep psychological delve into what makes people tick. So it's The Nothing Man by Catherine Ryan Howard. All right. Yeah, I, I, well, I knew better than to set any kind of reading goals for this year. Before the, before 2020 ended, I did finish uh, reading When No One Is Watching by Alyssa Cole. I had started it and I, I really loved it. It just, my, my reading life just, has been absolute crap in 2020. So I, it was one of those books that I put down for a while. And then when I picked it back up again, I think I read the second half of the book in a single night. 
it was one of those books that I immediately found my husband and I was just like, you need to read this book right now. <laughs> and he was reading something else. So he didn't read it right then. But I told him, I'm like, you need to add this book immediately to your list. So good. So dark. Paranoid. And it's both over the top and not, and everything that you've heard about it is true. It's fantastic. I loved it so much. That was probably my favorite book of 2020. And then as far as, um, I haven't finished anything else since the last podcast recording, at least nothing mystery related. I will put out a quick shout out for Allie Brosh's new book, Solutions and Other Problems. I read that on I read, I started it and finished it on New Year's Day, and Blaine told me he has not heard me laugh so that hard in a long time. <laughs> like, I was, like, howling, uh, just sitting out in the living room by myself, just howling. So if you need a good laugh, that's a fantastic one. But what the book that I did start reading, and I'm about, I'm not halfway through, I'm probably about a third of the way through it, is These Women by Ivy Pachota, which came out last year. And I started reading this after I watched the Yorkshire Ripper documentary on Netflix, because that documentary talked about the serial killer in Yorkshire in the 70s that that killed, I can't remember exactly how many women he killed. I think it was like 14 or something like that. But the police initially thought that they were sex workers. And that really colored the way that they investigated these crimes in that they didn't put a whole lot of effort into it at first. They used a lot of assumptions. But, you know, come to find out that a lot of these women, they were, you know, they were impoverished. They were a lot, a lot of them were single mothers trying to make ends meet. And so there's just the, the documentary really looks at how the assumptions we make about sex workers and the negative associations and assumptions that society makes about them, just how deeply those effects can be felt. And this book, all of the characters, um, well, not all of the characters, but it really focuses on the sex industry in South LA. And the in the book, the, the women who are killed are sex workers. And it really focuses on, as the title says, these women, it really dives into who these women are, what, you know, what's drive, what's driving their motivations, what led them to make the different choices in their lives, that kind of a thing. And it's dark, it's gritty, it's beautifully written. Like, it's, it's definitely, I think, more on the literary end of the spectrum. It's not a down and out suspense novel, but the writing is just so compelling. And you just keep going, even though, you know, maybe not much has happened, but you want to learn more about these women. And the overall consensus about this book is that it's um that it is a literary thriller but it's about social change and female empowerment and i was like you know what that's what i want to read right now um so i am going to continue working through this book hopefully i will have finished it by the next episode but who knows so um but again that is these women by ivy pachota and i'm really really digging it awesome i am sure we'll all be looking forward to your thoughts and that's the show. Thanks so much for listening. Thank you to our wonderful sound editor, Jen Zink, for always making us sound terrific. For show notes, head over to bookriot.com slash listen. If you enjoyed this podcast, definitely leave us a review on Apple Podcast so that others can discover our podcast. If you want to send us an email with feedback or show suggestions, you can find us at redordead at bookriot.com. You can find me on Twitter at Javed Nusra, that's J-A-V-E-D-N-U-S-R-A-H. 
And you can find me on Twitter at KT underscore library lady. And we'll talk to you guys next time. Bye.